Welcome to a New Testament journey. We'll have our Bible reading followed by our devotional. Acts 26. Then Agrippa said to Paul, you have permission to speak for yourself. So Paul motioned with his hand and began his defence. King Agrippa, I consider myself fortunate to stand before you today as I make my defence against all the accusation of the Jews, and especially so because you are well acquainted with all the Jewish customs and controversies. Therefore I beg you to listen to me patiently. The Jewish people all know the way I have lived ever since I was a child, from the beginning of my life in my own country and also in Jerusalem. They have known me for a long time and can testify, if they're willing, that I conform to the strictest sect of our religion, living as a Pharisee. And now it is because of my hope in what God has promised our ancestors that I am on trial today. This is the promise our twelve tribes are hoping to see fulfilled as they earnestly serve God day and night. King Agrippa, it is because of this hope that these Jews are accusing me. Why should any of you consider it incredible that God raises the dead? I too was convinced that I ought to do all that was possible to oppose the name of Jesus of Nazareth, and that is just what I did in Jerusalem. On the authority of the chief priests, I put many of the Lord's people in prison, and when they were put to death, I cast my vote against them. Many a time I went from one synagogue to another to have them punished, and I tried to force them to blaspheme. I was so obsessed with persecuting them that I even hunted them down in foreign cities. On one of these journeys, I was going to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests. About noon, King Agrippa, as I was on the road, I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, blazing around me and my companions. We all fell to the ground, and I heard a voice say to me in Aramaic, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. Then I asked, Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting, the Lord replied. Now get up and stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you as a servant and as a witness of what you have seen and will see of me. I will rescue you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God so that they may receive forgiveness of sins and a place among those who are sanctified by faith in me. So then, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the vision from heaven first to those in Damascus, then to those in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and then to the Gentiles. I preached that they should repent and turn to God and demonstrate their repentance by their deeds. That is why some Jews seized me in the temple courts and tried to kill me. But God has helped me to this very day, so I stand here and testify to small and great alike. I am saying nothing beyond what the prophets and Moses said would happen, that the Messiah would suffer and, as the first to rise from the dead, would bring the message of light to his own people and to the Gentiles. At this point, Festus interrupted Paul's defence. You're out of your mind, Paul, he shouted. Your great learning is driving you insane. I'm not insane, most excellent Festus, Paul replied. What I'm saying is true and reasonable. The king is familiar with these things, and I can speak freely to him. I am convinced that none of this has escaped his notice, because it was not done in a corner. King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? I know you do. Then Agrippa said to Paul, 
Do you think that in such a short time you can persuade me to be a Christian? Paul replied, short time or long, I pray to God that not only you, but all who are listening to me today may become what I am, except for these chains. The king rose, and with him the governor and Bernice and those sitting with them. After they left the room, they began saying to one another, This man's not doing anything that deserves death or imprisonment. Agrippa said to Festus, This man could have been set free if he hadn't appealed to Caesar. It's the word first in verse 23 that tantalises me. That one simple word places us in a story between resurrections. Jesus was the first to be resurrected. We, by implication, will be later. I've been fuzzy on these resurrections most of my Christian life. I could sing until the cows come home that Jesus died to forgive sins. I knew the language about heaven. But the resurrections confused me. I thought it was one of those mysteries reserved for the super prophets. But it isn't. For Paul put it in his basic summaries of the gospel. The Old Testament drama of creation was a script of hope for this earth, of confidence that God would one day fix this earth. He would heal and restore the valleys of Succoth and the hills of Bashan and make everything, everywhere, glisteningly new. It spoke in riddles of all the righteous from all of history rising from their graves to enjoy forever the ravishing goodness of this restored earth. This hope was hyperbolically presented with mystical language about a restored Eden. It was all a bit fuzzy. The Pharisees and Sadducees sharply disagreed over it. And then Jesus rose. In Jesus' defeat of death, breakfast on a beach, warming of hearts, appearing suddenly in rooms, he showed the resurrection was real and would come to all in him. In Jesus's unrecognised and yet also recognisable body, the other side of death, we see something of what our future will look like. When the second resurrection takes place, on the day when Eden will be totally restored and extended across every acre of this earth, we will all become like Jesus was after the first resurrection. On that day, all believers, both currently dead and currently alive, will be resurrected together to live forever in the garden city of joy and beauty and light. Paul spoke about that hope as one of the most basic principles of what it was to be a Christian. He joyfully mentioned it to Agrippa while he stood in a Roman court. It was more obviously true to him than pretty much anything else. And that tantalises me. I so much want to be as clear on that hope as Paul was. And I'd love you to be clear on it too. Here's a question for your reflection. What will you look like after the resurrection? We pray God's word bears fruit in your life. For all the information about the New Testament journey, head to www.anewtestamentjourney.net.